1: And happy Friday! It's another episode of the podcast. She thinks just bought it. The podcast where we tell you what to buy next. And today I am joined by Karen Cahoe. She is a business and culture reporter based in New York City. She's been published everywhere, notably 538, Glamour, GQ, Time, Interview, Toronto Life, and the Columbia Journalism Review. You have been around. You haven't been around. She's giving me a thumbs up right now. She thinks Costco is the best place for anxious people to shop. I would agree with her there. And her best purchase was a gently used Dyson vacuum cleaner for $50. And you put in parentheses twice. Tell me about it.
2: So I've purchased both the rollerball and the cordless vacuum, each for $50 used. Like on Craigslist? No, it was via Columbia students who (sighs) were fleeing town after graduation. And they were just like... I've used it in my tiny studio apartment or my one bedroom. And by the way, would you would you like to take four hundred dollars worth of other stuff for free? <laughs> and I'm like, sure. You know, wow. how many tote bags did I bring today? Oh my god! And and the funny thing is, my mother came to visit me in December, mm-hmm. and she saw. It. She's like, oh my god, it's real. You've bragged about this for so long. I can't believe it actually exists. It's like it retails for four hundred dollars. A
1: fifty dollar Dyson vacuum is like. That's the thing that you're going to like leave in your will to somebody, you know what I mean? Like, and someone that you like really love and that you really trust because that like it's a great vacuum to have. I got a stick vac on my wedding registry because I was like the only reason to get married is to like register for my mom was like, why have you registered for six vacuums? And I was like, excuse you. Um, But to get one for 50 bucks is like I'm like getting all like like I don't know that I feel some tingles inside. I'm really excited about it. That's awesome. I thought it
2: was, I my other previous great score. I used to live in northern Canada in this town called Yellowknife, mm-hmm. and they they had their own version of Craigslist called YK Trader, and I got a Canada goose coat for a hundred Canadian dollars. Oh my dollars, god! And I thought I'm never gonna get anything as right. Good this as is my good.
1: one life deal, and now you're getting like multiple Dysons.
2: You know, there you can't like they were selling dressers for a hundred dollars Canadian. So I thought it was you know. And that was my introduction to buying gently used stuff. Totally. Because I didn't grow up with that. I didn't grow up going to thrift stores. Mm-hmm. And so, but this idea, especially in a city like New York or L.A. or even, uh, to a lesser degree, places like San Francisco um, or other cities uh, where you have a high turnover yes. of, of people in Miami or in Toronto. The fact is there are people constantly moving and constantly buying constantly. new stuff. And um, it's... I think it taking advantage of that, especially when you have a lot of university students. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'm happy. It, like I always remind myself, I've saved it from a landfill.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's amazing. That's it's amazing. You're you're a noble citizen of the earth, and you have two Dysons that cost you a hundred dollars total. Um, this reminds me, and, and Boston listeners, please, um, you know, get in touch and tell us more. But uh, I went to college at UMass Amherst, and I had friends who went to BC and BU, and I have cousins who are in Massachusetts. And in Boston, they call it Alston Christmas, which is, I think, either – June when everyone moves out and all the stuff ends up on the street and you can get so much great stuff or September when everyone moves in and someone from Boston will have to report back but this is like a known thing it's like oh you want furniture you want stuff like wait until all the college students like hit the road so you um are up at Columbia so was this through like a Columbia like listserv of like people being like I'm getting rid of all this stuff
2: so there are internal Facebook groups Ugh. um just I like, want to embed. So oh, I mean, I the thing is, you just have to invite people, or, Karen, or I do it for friends. Please, yeah, I do it for friends all the time. I was That's like, awesome. do you need a dresser? What do you need? Do you right. need an iron? And and then it's paying attention to what they're selling um, on these Facebook internal mm, groups. Yeah, and then also just keeping a close watch on Craigslist. Like uh, I got a, uh, a sewing machine uh, this past weekend for forty five dollars. Have you? Do you know how to sew? My, I haven't done it in like 10 years, but I was tired of hand sewing like a pair of mittens. And I was like, this is I am working too hard for this. I like, was
1: tired of hand sewing a pair of mittens like, Karen, what can't you do? So I told Karen to bring. Some items she emailed me, like, a very succinct, but also, like, really, like, well-thought-out list. And then I emailed her back, and my email didn't go through. So she's like, I brought everything. She's laid it out on the table. But the one that I was hoping she'd bring is the one that she wanted to talk about. So, Karen, what'd you bring? I mean,
2: uh, let's let's go with the non-seasonal thing. So I brought s- seasonal items and non-seasonal Well, I want to hear
1: about the—and I'm pointing to it. Oh, okay. So That's what I love.
2: I brought— this laptop stand, it's um, it was on Kickstarter or I think Indiegogo first, and it's called Moft. And it basically, M O F T, yes, okay. It's, uh, I think it's uh. It, it has this like funny acronym that I can't remember right now, but sure. we will link to it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And we then will. we put it in the spreadsheet. <gasps> cool. And the nice thing about it is it's collapsible and it's very very thin and it just attaches to your laptop. It attaches
1: to your laptop and then it's so your laptop right now is sitting flat. Yes. As if you don't have a stand on it at all, and then and then you just oh my gosh, it's amazing you guys I can't even explain it. So then she picks it up and it's like a kickstand, but then your laptop is upright. So for a more ergonomic. Typing?
2: Yes. So it also, the, the thing that's really good about it is it basically props the keyboard up in a way that is um, that isn't too high f- for wrist strain. Okay. But then it raises the screen up uh, a significant level so that when you're, you know, working at a coffee shop or away from your desk, like I have an external monitor and keyboard set up at home. Right. But when you're working remotely away from your desk, you're basically reducing your neck strain from looking down at the screen because it's raised up. Like I'm five foot yeah. eight. Yeah, me too. So it's very important. Um, and the thing about it is, it's very thin. It you don't have to worry about forgetting it, like an external keyboard or a mouse or well, anything like that. Yeah. So it's attached. But I mean, then- that's
1: incredible. You don't have to ever think about it again. So wait. So I'm videoing <laughs> you for because I'm trying something new. I want to put it on Instagram. So like, okay, show me the show me the computer flat. By the time you hear this, some of you might have already seen the Instagram. Okay, so it's flat, just like any old computer. Nothing crazy, and now pop it up. And then it's crazy. That's so cool. And it just like takes no time. Well, the big problem with other laptop stands, and I have one at home, that I, it's fine. Like I don't think I would like. Right, I wouldn't bring it here. It hasn't like changed my life. You know what I mean? Like it's a it's a thing that cost me fifteen dollars. It like does the job, but it's a totally separate piece. I have to remember it and also then like you kind of look like a I, I feel like I look like a big like I don't know like space taker upper if I'm like at the coffee shop and I'm like br- I'm like bringing out my standing desk or whatever but this is so non-invasive no in a lot of ways and it and it's also just it, it just doesn't beg a lot of questions I don't know like it just makes a lot of sense I. I really love that it attaches. And how does it attach? Is it a magnet or is it like a sticky?
2: Yeah, it's a big sticky. Okay. But the thing is, it's it's really easy to peel off if you so want to. So if you to. got it
1: wrong, how yeah, do you, how'd you it- level it when you put it on the first time? I just Don't matched, peel it off. It's okay. I matched it to was smart. the grate. Yeah, I'm not that smart. And then I did it like it's Columbia that. over here. There's a reason. <laughs> that was it. I'm um, like, how'd you do it without a ruler? Um, and how long have you had it on your computer?
2: Oh, it's been a year because I, bu- I asked my sister if she wanted one... Last Christmas, it's so cool, and it comes now because it was so successful online. It has, it comes in many different colors and patterns. Nice, and and you have the plain black one, which I, I really like. Yeah, I was. How like, much did you
1: pay for it? I think I paid
2: because I bought it during the Kickstarter. I bought it for twenty dollars, but you can buy, you know, there like there are discounts if you buy it volume, or and then the ones with patterns cost a little bit more mm-hmm. for customizable purposes. But the thing is, I now you know I go to the public library, I go to a coffee shop, and uh, or when I travel. It's really convenient, and it fits, you know, it fits on um, that horrible tray when you're flying a lot.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That. I mean, and, and does it have a grip? Um, it does. It, it looks like kind of it has some grip material because my issue when I'm flying is that I feel like my computer is, like, sliding all over the place. So, yeah, it does. It looks like it has some like, yeah. tread.
2: It's a hexagonal tread pattern. Oh, wow, and the thing cool. is, theoretically, you're supposed to be able to do it in two different configurations, but I always end up doing one primary one because I find it's more secure.
1: It kind of reminds me of the laptop case that like kind of goes into a triangle and then it leans back. But this it feels a little bit more. um, Yeah. I mean, she's literally shaking the table right now and it's not moving. It's smart. Um, Do you do you feel like like your wrists and your neck and your back? I mean, like, I don't know. Sometimes I catch myself at work like in like in the hunched over, like, streganona position where I'm like, oh, my God, I need to, like, fix my posture. Does this help? Yeah, I think
2: I wouldn't recommend it for, like, 10 or 12 hours a day. Like the, I mean, no, you, I wouldn't recommend no, nothing at the computer for that long. But, but you yeah. know, there are people who work at their computers for that long. Sorry. No, yeah. <laughs> there are people who work for that long at their computers. You know, I wouldn't recommend this as your main point. Like, I still recommend for freelancers especially – External monitor, keyboard setup, you know, at the proper angle, propped up on books or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I think when you're working remotely, this kind of solution at a relatively low cost, I think, really dramatically changes that and an external yeah. mouse yeah. Um, instead of using the trackpad. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And then, like I said, it is high enough that it doesn't cause wrist strain mm-hmm. um, for people who are worried about carpal tunnel. The most important thing is then it, you can adjust at least that your your neck strain. I'm more worried about next string. Yes. So I think that's that's the thing that I'm protecting long-term. And then the other thing, you didn't ask me about this, but I noticed that um, this was a really cheap thing that I did is people who are worried about stickering their laptops, is this is actually a removable cover that just matched the color of my laptop. So I get to keep this with all the stickers and then I don't have to worry about affecting the resale value of my laptop.
1: Okay, well that's really smart. Um, so she has this, like clear, what's like a clear kind of cover you have all of your stickers on it. It's like a fake tattoo. Yeah, so you can take that off. Yeah, I can. That's smart. I mean, look, I <laughs> I put bumper stickers on my car and uh, in college and. Um, also sort of was like, but what if I don't want to coexist? Do you remember the coexist bumper sticker? I was like, what if I don't believe in this in a year? But I put the bumper sticker on a magnet and then magnet it to my car like a big dork. And um, it right. And I was happy that I could take it off when I finally outgrew my like, I'm a hippie in Western Massachusetts phase. Um, smart. Wait, pop it off for me. Let me say. Sure. So, right. So when you want to sell this computer, you will not have to worry about the stickers. I love the idea of putting stickers on my laptop and I love the idea of tattoos. And I think I like all these things in theory and I worry about the permanence of everything. So this would actually be really helpful for me because I, you know, one week I'm the kind of gal who wants stickers on her laptop and one week I'm like a clean laptop is like my only friend. So you can really just pop it off.
2: That's cool. Take some finangling, but you don't yeah. have to. You can. You, you, can like you can see it. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Don't do it because I would be afraid if you couldn't get back on. Um, so when you, uh, I like that it's on IndieGoGo and Kickstarter or wherever you know one of those like crowdfunding sites. When you go to buy, do you buy stuff like that a lot, or was this like a real uh, outlier of like, holy shit, like this is a this might be a game changer for me?
2: I think we get so many of those ads on Facebook and Instagram, Mm-hmm. like. How many men and black backpacks do we need right. on this planet? Do
1: you remember the coat, the the Indiegogo coat that was like that had like ninety seven pockets and it was like here's a pocket for your laptop and like, here's a pocket for your car and here's a pocket for this and it was like then you unzip the sleeve and like here comes a thing and then you wrap it up and it's a blanket and like you wrap it up and it's a tent and that thing raised so much money online, but now I always see Instagram like knockoff products like that. Um, how long ago did you get this? And then after you bought it, did you start seeing ads for, you know, like objects coming into your feed?
2: I haven't seen a lot of similar ones. Mm. I've definitely seen knockoffs uh, on things like AliExpress. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. But the thing about it is uh, I think if you've paid attention to the coolest cooler fiasco. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important when you're signing up for these kinds of products. Um, Tell us more about that. The Coolest Cooler is one of the highest uh, revenue generating Kickstarters that totally failed. It is, you know, I pay attention because I'm a business and culture reporter. I'm paying attention to which Kickstarter programs or, uh, you know, I would say promotions Mm -hmm. Totally raise huge sums of money mm. and then flame out because mm. they promise too much, you know. Too good to be true product, especially with hardware. You know, I think it was. Uh, so so when you're making something really complicated and physical that requires a lot of injection molding and uh, electronic components, like the coolest cooler had a a dock that you could p- plug in a a blender. So that you could blend margaritas at the beach. Like I remember that function <laughs> specifically. And it also had like what? a speaker okay. and all these other things. And it promised a lot. It reminded me there was also like a scooter that just literally mm. that was like we're, we are like the lime scooters that you can own. Mm. And then they just spent way too much money marketing. And they were like we have no more money. Oh. Everybody who paid 600 bucks gets nothing. God. And so the thing about it is. with And you don't
1: get your money back?
2: No, no. No, because there's no guarantees, right? It's it's like...
1: I didn't realize that. I don't... I mean, I haven't bought... I think that has always been my big fear, but I also assumed, like, I was being overly cautious and that there had to be a fine print that was like, if they can't deliver, you get your money back. But that's... The fine print is actually, if they can't deliver, you do not get your money back. Wow. Okay. So I mean, that's scary as hell. So, so what happened with the cooler? How much money did they raise? Do you remember? I. It, it
2: was one of the the I can't remember the exact amount I'll um, Google it while we're talking but I think it was the the thing that was really hard was a lot of people were deeply invested in this and felt burned and and there Gosh. were a lot of units that were sold like because the thing about it is it's not like a wintertime product it was you know, everyone can relate to going to the beach or going to the park yeah, with and their friends
1: one like your thing you got your cooler your coolest cooler the coolest cooler Okay, so the Kickstarter is still up, which is interesting. <laughs> Sixty-two thousand six hundred forty-two backers pledged thirteen million two hundred eighty-five thousand two hundred twenty-six dollars to bring this project to life. Last updated March twelfth, twenty eighteen. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, this is it's great graphics. Um, it's like a cool product. It looks interesting. I'm looking for an update that says this thing does not exist. There's an a light. There's an LED, there's a charger, there's um a gear tie down, there's beach tires, which okay. Storage, a split lid. I mean, there's everything. This thing basically has a microwave in it. And risks and challenges. Okay. And that's it. I mean, it never it doesn't say anything else about it failing. Did you write about this?
2: No, I wanted to. I I mean, it was at the beginning of in when it really burst into flames uh not literally, but you know, that right. was when I was transitioning from these horrible entry-level jobs mm-hmm. and realizing that I wanted to be like a magazine writer covering business and culture. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those things where I realized that when you cover tech or when you cover business it's really about those 62,000 people that got screwed
1: so i i just looked at the wikipedia page okay um, currently, the coolest cooler is the, one of the largest disasters in Kickstarter history. In the summer of 2014, Ryan Grepper raised over $13 million, making it the most funded Kickstarter campaign of 2014. They were offered, uh, Kickstarters were, crowd funders were offered the product at a discounted rate, but there's still problems with orders being fulfilled. In December 2019, so this is, you know, at this point, just a few months ago, CEO and founder Ryan Grepper announced that the company was closed, have, having never delivered coolers to an estimated 20,000 of the original backers. This is horrible. Like this is this is horrible. Um and you knew about Coolest Cooler before. I feel like I would be burned forever and not want to give any money, but you what made you believe that you were going to get this Moft laptop stand?
2: It's $20. Yeah,
1: okay. So like the risk was not as insane.
2: Yeah. I mean, the thing is I had done other kickstarters for things like books. Mhm. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh and then I had also been part of uh something called Longshot Mag. Mhm. And with with uh, Matt Honan and Sarah Rich and Alexis Madrigal and mm-hmm. even Corey Sika. And so I'd seen how Kickstarter can be successful. And I'd also seen how existing companies mm-hmm. had used it to basically fundraise the, the capital that they needed to put something into production, like a backpack. Sure. So I... I I knew from business reporting like what were all the indicators that somebody had the operations or the suppliers lined up and yeah. things like that. <clears throat> so all the indicators were like, you know, and I think it I wasn't buying a coolest cooler or I wasn't buying right. like the equivalent of a Dyson vacuum. Cleaner. If they if they couldn't deliver um, for the twenty dollars and they had the right prototypes, then I was like, that that is not great, but yeah. it's not the end of the world. I think the problem is when you get into fundraising for, like I said, hardware where it's headphones or other technical products, mm-hmm. um, because it's it gets much more complicated. Right, and then it's really about what you're promising and why does it need the money upfront rather than through a traditional means of, say, like venture capital or something like that.
1: Well, it, it, there there are some shades of Theranos in here, which is like, you know, it it gives me a little pause that the only thing that you would need to raise $13 million on Kickstarter and no one kind of holding you accountable for that is incredible marketing. You know, you get one prototype, sort of like Elizabeth Holmes had with this, like, whatever Xerox machine for blood that she had in her, like, Theranos basement. But, like, you get one thing and you get it in front of the right people and you start saying, like, yeah, this is possible and we're going to do it. And people start throwing money at you. And if the fine print reads that, like, "Uh, yeah, if we don't do it – uh, it's not our fault. Like, that's a that's a crazy loophole that we should probably try to close. I mean, it's like so he wasn't on the hook for any of the thir- he just basically walked away with 13 million dollars. Do they have any proof that he even tried to, like, fulfill the coolers for people?
2: I mean, that's the thing that I th- I think is really interesting is there's Tech is so weird. N- there's there's very little accountability. Yeah. Um, they you know, There are varying degrees of transparency regarding, like, the process, uh-huh. uh, you know, if if a Kickstarter campaign can't detail in depth the degree to which they have a plan for executing manufacturing and shipping and all of those things, yeah, what is their quality control protocol? right? All of those kinds of things. I studied operations management, so I pay attention to all of that stuff. Like who is your staff? Like what is their previous experience? Yeah, all of those things.
1: Well, it's smart because, yeah, I mean, I think I think people see good marketing. And they think, well, then obviously the thing has to exist. And I am reminded of like many a press release that would pass my desk when I was reporting on tech many years ago, and it just stuff that like just seem if it's if it sounds too good to be true, like do more research. You know what I mean? Like there, there's just don't you know people people in this industry a lot, and you know this better than anyone because you're you're doing it on in on multiple in for multiple publications on multiple platforms. People see a good press release and they just wanna be like, oh yeah, like this thing does X, Y, and Z and it's like you Well of course you're gonna say that. Like that's what the press release says. Like that's what they say. Like there there has to be a little bit more accountability to these companies. Do you remember the um the water into wine thing from a few years ago? No. There was a company that was saying like you know, through all of this, like, like blah, blah, blah technology, like, brr, brr, blah, blah, like, wonk, 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 wonk. Basically, you could, like, filter water and, like, add some sort of, like, thing. And in, like, 20 minutes, like, wine would come out of this cooler. And people like d- did not use their heads like people did not stop to think about this i will link it in the show notes i'll find the story but it was like total bs it's also like remember juicero or juicero or whatever it, the squeezing of the juice pack it was like a 400 hundred dollar squeezer to literally squeeze a packet of juice into a glass people went nuts over it until they realized like hey by the way you don't have to buy the 400 hundred dollar squeezer you can just use your hands um and no one seems to get in trouble for any of this stuff. Uh, I think we're start like Theranos thing started us down this path of accountability for like scams, but it does sort of help the rich get richer. I mean, you report on this. Like, is it a little dis I don't know, disheartening for you to see stories like this over and over
2: again? I'm always wondering if I went into the wrong line of work. Like, you should have
1: been like a inventor of. The water into wine machine and just collected,
2: or even that guy who sold the live water from the spring. What was that? It was, it was the Juicero guy. Oh, okay, great, awesome.
1: Look, people, like, don't be a person that will buy. And I say this as a podcast that is saying, like, hey, here are some things that that people love and have bought, and like maybe you should buy them too. But like, just don't buy things that don't seem normal, and and. Like, don't be tricked by good marketing I guess is is what I'm saying you know there's a lot of scammers out there and I'm glad that you didn't get stammed by this laptop stand um do you know if they're selling them anywhere besides like where do you buy them now the kickstarter is essentially over I assume
2: yeah you can get them directly from their own website and they also sell them on Amazon
1: okay well we'll link to the website Moft. M O F T. Yep. Awesome. And you paid twenty bucks, but that was the Kickstarter price. So like do you know how much they cost now?
2: Yeah, you can still get them for around like I said, around twenty or thirty dollars. See,
1: this is not a scam. This De- is this is good.
2: Depending on, on the design that you would like. Uh, I think there's a discount if you buy two of them. Cool. And uh, you know. Pretty self explanatory. And I think it's really good if you would like to if one of your New Year's resolutions is to take care of yourself and you want to reduce neck strain when you're working. Away from your desk, you know, at a coffee shop, yep. Uh, on the train, uh, if you fly a lot, I'd recommend this.
1: Awesome. And what ha- my last question is, like, what happens if the back like unsticks or like gets like? Do- is there a warranty on it, or do you just say like, okay, this thing lasted me a few years. I'm going to buy another one now.
2: You're supposed to be able to rinse it, oh. and wash the dirt off, and then restick it. I don't but, know that I believe those things, but it's like really grippy. Like yeah, I don't know if you like it, it, it would like take a lot of effort. Off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like,
1: I love it, and that's been on your laptop for a year yep and if it's not up you can't even feel that like millimeter that's awesome cool well it is the Moft laptop stand we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back shortly
0: All right, and we are back. Um, this is g Thanks Just Bought It.
1: I'm your host, Caroline Moss, and I'm joined today by Karen Cahoe. She just recommended the Moff laptop stand, which she bought during a Kickstarter. And she was so compelling in her reasoning as to why she bought it and how much it helps that our producer, Tim, who's sitting in the room, literally was on his phone buying one as she was talking. So I feel like that's a really good endorsement. Um I've said this a couple and maybe a few episodes ago, but I'm personally trying to be more intentional about the items that I bring because for me, you know, I get my guests get to bring something, one guest, one item per week. So like it's the obviously the thing that you believe the most in, the thing that the guests are the most excited about. But I have to bring something new every week, which I feel like takes away from the excitedness about the items that I really love because every week I'm like, oh, I have to bring something from my house that I bought. Um And so I'm trying to be a little bit more thoughtful about if I really don't have an item, I'm not going to bring one, but I have a tip um, that I think makes me a smarter shopper and a smarter spender. And so that was what I was going to bring today. Um, So I will start off by asking, Karen, how do you uh, organize your email, like with sale emails and with travel deals and all of that stuff? Like what's your, do you have a strat?
2: I have... A non-professional looking email address for all that promo travel stuff. Yep. And then I have, uh, I used my old Columbia email address for most of my work stuff Mm -hmm. as a freelancer. And then I just started a new email address for um, public facing accounts like social media. So uh, that way that there's a distinction between...
1: Work, play. uh,
2: Well, there was also, I needed a filter just because... Unfortunately, as a woman and a woman of color on the Internet, I wanted to make sure that um, that if uh, like my Twitter account has grown significantly bigger than I ever expected. So I was like, if there are people who are contacting me through that, but there are also work email who come through that. But that's it is I have this like very innocuous email address for like you know when you sign up when they're like would you like our promo for this 10% off yeah. <laughs> and then i and then i can go and unsubscribe like a week later
1: that is so that is sort of what i was going to bring is this idea of setting up all these different emails for like different things um i think that that it is generational that um, Millennials are a little bit more like I have one email. Like of course, like yeah, like I go, I went and bought something at Made They're going to send my email to like the receipt to this email. I like signed up for a Casper mattress. I have the Skim. I have like the J Crew factory sale. And then all of a sudden, I'm de- I'm just deleting everything and I'm not reading anything. And so what I started to do, um, which I have found super helpful, is I set up two separate emails. One is for sales and shopping, and one is for travel deals. And the reason why. I did it. And the reason why I think it's helpful is because, you know, 360 out of 365 days of the year, I am not planning a trip. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not thinking about travel. I wish I could be, I'm just not. Um, and so every morning I wake up and it's like, Hawaii flights, like 350 hours. I'm like, that's great, but like, it's Wednesday and I have to go to the dentist. Um, so what I did was I set up a separate email that was literally like, you know, Caroline Moss travels at like whatever. And I now send all of those travel deals. And when I sign up for travel deals, I send them there. And I only check that email when it's time to plan a trip. So basically, then I'll log into my email. And at the top of my inbox is like whatever deal is happening. And that way, I feel like I'm actually looking at the email, like that the email that I'm hoping will be helpful is actually helpful. It's not drowning my inbox. And I actually might find a good deal because like the Hawaii for $350 is only helpful if that morning I'm like, well, I'm planning a trip to Hawaii today. And I was planning on throwing down for a trip. Um, And it's the same with shopping. Like, I get really mad at myself for ever buying anything full sale, especially from a place like The Gap or Madewell when, you know, it's always after you buy, it's always after you're like, fine, like I'm going to buy the $275 coat that the next day they're like, it's a 70% off sale, like including the coat. Um, so I try to send all my shopping emails to another one like Caroline Moss shops, like summer, summer, summer. And I only check it when I'm ready to spend some money. Um, and that way, like, I don't feel, there, it's twofold. You know, it doesn't clog up my inbox. But then I sort of stave off that feeling of like, oh, my God, like J.Crew's having a sale. I got to go. I got to do it. I got to spend the money. FYI, J.Crew has had more than one sale. Like you will find another J.Crew sale. Um, And ever since doing that, and I started about three or four months ago, my email uh, routine has been so much easier. I feel like most of the day. I spend deleting email that I'm never going to open, like Warby Parker, like new glasses styles. Like, okay, great. I'm sure this is helpful for somebody. Um, you know, the some Casper deal, another J. Crew sale because there are so many. And now I actually see the stuff in my inbox that I need to reply to. And it's funny because my sister, who's nine years younger than me, like knows this already she's like that's how everyone does email I'm like oh so we're the olds now like we're the olds who are just like putting down our phone numbers and our email addresses like any old place and then wondering why we have 600 emails a day so that is my tip um, for like a more condensed email experience what do you do with your travel emails Karen
2: I unsubscribe to most of them. I mean, <laughs> but what the, about I, when you need the deal? So, the thing is, though, like my fa- my family does an annual trip, and then um, my boyfriend and I have been planning for a trip together for a while. So, like, I don't need the deals. Or, like, my boyfriend reminded me when I was sending him those deals. So that I was like, Oh my god, this Paris flight is like three hundred dollars. How mm-hmm. is it That's cheap? Mm-hmm. He's like, Karen, you send me one of like these like once a week or once a month. <laughs> there, there there's no shortage of these deals right you to, can... <laughs> to, to Paris he's like he's like, stop trying to convince me that we need to do it now
1: you can go go to Paris in your really discounted j crew coat like every
2: anytime you want, so to your point, I think it's it's really about being intentional and trying to figure out what the purpose is, so even my so we we hadn't talked about this, but about the purchasing and wellness and stuff mm-hmm. so. I'm not kidding. I didn't pitch the goop cruise, even though I've been on thirteen of them.
1: You've been on thirteen goop cruises? No. Oh. Thirteen cruises is okay. I was like, okay, I I was like, I would like you to pitch that story. You've been on thirteen goop cruises. Okay, okay. you've been on thirteen cruises. Okay, my, my heart rate has to go down a little bit. Okay.
2: There is only one goop cruise.
1: <laughs> there is um, only one.
2: And uh but the funny thing is I can't pitch it as a freelancer because my family is already going on a cruise the same week. Leaving from New York.
1: Nice. Where are you going? <laughs>
2: We're going uh, very boringly to Boston and two parts of Canada. So like Rhode You're Island. Cruising to Boston. From New- well, my family was like we. They were like we're gonna make it convenient for you, Karen. You don't have to fly back to Toronto or fly somewhere. Uh
1: huh. And your family's in Toronto.
2: Yeah. Okay. So they're. So it's from like the port near Newark Airport, and then we're gonna. Like we don't have <laughs> to. We don't have to do anything, I kind right? I love
1: that though. You're like I'm cruising to Boston.
2: <laughs> in general, I think the thing is. Cruising appeals, especially to retirees who feel like they have a limited amount of time or money to mm. see a lot of different places. Yeah. And a lot of the logistics. And, you know, it's also really accommodating for people with disabilities, large yep. families. But the thing about Kids. it is I think, like, there are so many more alternatives since I started traveling. And I think there like I really recommend the half tour. Okay, um, it's with a company called Cosmos, and like there were people on my tour who had done nine or more tours with the same company because they loved it so much. Yeah,
1: that's a good you know endorsement. Oh okay. my
2: god, it was it was amazing, and and it was uh, people from all over the world. I think the funniest thing that I tweeted out was I met this Indian couple whose son had discovered a galaxy. He's like, they're like, that's nice that you've been published in Time. Have you met our son? <laughs> I'm just going to pull explorer? up his paper.
1: Oh, my gosh. How old was he?
2: 26 years old. Okay.
1: For some reason, I thought you meant, like, this Indian couple had, like, a four-year-old son who discovered a galaxy. No. Like, no big deal. Yeah, PhD
2: yeah, yeah. in astrophysics. Right.
1: Congla- congrats on your time article. <laughs> our son's a galaxy explorer. That's kind of amazing. He
2: had, he had set a record for discovering the limits of space.
1: All right. Oh, no need to brag, man. <laughs> I've done nothing of that sort. I'm, like... I've I don't know what I've done you,
2: nothing like that
1: published books who cares he discovered the <laughs> limits of space I don't care about my books now I'm just mad at this guy um that is amazing I love that we took this conversation from laptop spans to Kickstarter scams to like travel emails to cruises and Karen thank you so much for coming on the podcast this was so amazing and we got to try out this like thing where I Instagram you while we're talking but well, I'm pumped about that laptop stand we know Tim is pumped about that laptop stand um yeah, I loved having you here. Tell everybody where they can follow you online.
2: So I'm available, unfortunately, mm-hmm. all the time on Twitter <laughs> at Karen K-H-O. And uh, yeah, I also have a website, Karen And yeah, you can find my writing all sorts of places. Uh, I recently published a very fun article on the Romance Writers of America catastrophe. Amazing. And uh, that was in the Globe and Mail.
1: And don't forget to be in touch with her. If you're looking for anything that you think a Columbia student might be getting rid of, she will embed you in those Facebook groups and get you your own $50 Dyson. But that's only after she gets me mine. Karen, thank you for coming. We'll see you guys next week for another episode of Do You Think Just Got It?